Save the date for the 12th of September. Join our webinar on digital transformation in manufacturing. We are exploring how IoT, AI and smart factories are reshaping our sector. Hear from industry leaders like Airbus, Rolls-Royce and Heriot Watt University. This is a must attend for professionals and decision makers in manufacturing. So register now at resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. That's resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. The link is also in the description. I had a fascinating conversation this week with Sebastian Elmgren. We talked everything 5G, the business opportunity there, the risks and rewards. We discussed the future of manufacturing, including how Ericsson is investing $100 million in their own smart factory in the US, certainly practicing what they preach. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. From Redfern Media, this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Sebastian Elmgren, Head of Business Development and Product Marketing at Ericsson. They're leading the charge in Industry 4.0 right now and pioneering 5G in factories to boost productivity and propel manufacturing forward. So, Sebastian Elmgren, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So the manufacturing industry is going through a tremendous technological shift right now. Maybe we can start by outlining what you feel are the most significant changes happening in manufacturing today. So I would say that the strongest driver right now within manufacturing is the need for, for increased flexibility. Uh, the, the market demands uh, that you have an extremely flexible pr production, both when it comes to different product mixes, but also volumes going up and down. And to be able to address this explosion of variants with the same volumes as you had before, that is really a challenge for, for the industry as I see it. And there's so much talk about 5G in manufacturing. Can you tell us, what does 5G mean for manufacturing businesses as you see it? So I see 5G is the enabler for this flexibility. I mean, when we start to talk about the flexible production, wireless communication is the logical next step. And you need not only a, a wireless communication that is flexible, you also need something that has the stability and the security that is needed for these industrial applications. And that's where we have a very good fit with 5G. And can you outline the size of the business opportunity that 5G represents? What's the main business case here? Is it cost reduction, efficiency, new business models? What, what's, the, what's the center of all this? I would say where, where we see most traction and where most companies start is with internal efficiency to improve the efficiency of your production, a, a, tool, a tool in your lean production toolbox, really, to have this by being able to collect more data. You can have different insights and you improve your uh, internal efficiency. But once you have that, I mean, the next step is to start to look at how, I mean, the, the cost reduction, can you make your product cheaper? Can you make them smarter? And then we also see that quite quickly, you're also coming to new business models when you talk about connected things. So it's all three of them really, but I would say internal efficiency is where it starts. And there are so many different ways to use 5G across many different industries. Has that been a challenge, communicating the many benefits to manufacturers of finding a message that works for everybody. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's work we need to do to get the industries to understand how they should use this technology and also how they need to adapt their ways of working to get the most value out of, of 5G. I mean, it's not only 
adding this new technology into your existing processes, you should also change the way you're working to get the most out of this technology. So that's something we, we put a lot of effort into um, to, to work with industry and so they understand how this should be used. Can you give us an example of that? I mean, if you look at, at I mean, the, the flexibility point of view. So, I mean, if you just take your existing equipment, remove the cables and have wireless connectivity to your, your machines, that won't give you any benefits. You need to also look to say, okay, now we can actually move and optimize the layout more often uh, and change the way we're working to utilize this in increased flexibility. So I think there's those kind of things that we need to look at too. And also when it comes to how you're organizing work, because what we're also doing with this new technology is that we are taking a lot of the systems and supports that normally was only back office and putting that in the hands of the people uh, at the production line. They would have all the access to, to information, can do all the analytics and so on with, uh, with the, the devices that they have. And therefore, we also need to give them the mandate to take action and um, to become more agile. If you still need to rely on an engineer coming down to the shop floor, you're losing that extra agility. So those kind of things needs to be in place as well here. And can you give us um, some idea of what the most exciting applications are that you've seen? So I think one of the most exciting applications right now is, is really when it comes to energy monitoring and, and management. Uh, and it's also had a very, it's a very nice uh, sustainability twist to it, which makes it extra attractive. And this is really about taking the smart metering concept into the, the production lines. So today, if you have, even if you are a big consumer of electricity, you only have visibility of how much electricity goes into your plant, and then you pay your monthly bill. That's kind of what you have to work on. And instead of doing just having that, we take smart meters, 5D connected, put them on all the equipment that we want to measure. Suddenly, we have a much better resolution on what equipment is using electricity. And then we utilize the low latency of 5G, and we can go from, from having a monthly bill to sub-second, see what parts of the process are we using uh, electricity and, and, uh, and when, and to get a much better understanding on how we can optimize. We have done this ourselves in our factory in the US. That's a totally brand new factory, but still we could reduce the energy bills with 8%. So that's, that's great, but that's only the first step. The next step is once you have that kind of, of visibility of electricity and, and you can start to control that, when you have part of your production, which is more like you uh, have a buffer capacity, like if you're a steel plant, you have a big oven, or it could be a big freezer or compressor or something that you could actually turn off for one or two seconds without interrupting the processes. You won't lose heat in the oven. Then you use this to cut the, the peaks in your energy consumption because then you can monitor and see, I have a peak coming up now. And then you can turn off that, that big oven for 1.2 seconds or whatever, cut that peaks. And those peaks are what's most expensive for enterprises when it comes to electricity. So that's really beneficial. But then the third step you can take is actually those kind of peaks exist on a national level as well. So once you have that possibility to control your plant, you can sell this capability to the national grid. So when there is a peak in energy consumption on a national level, you become a virtual power plant and sell not consuming electricity and balance the national network. And this is really thought after now when we see more and more uh, renewable energy sources being introduced that varies more than the traditional ones. There is a big need for those kind of, of capacity to, to be able to balance the network. So I think that's that's a that's a great example of of how we can utilize 5G, connecting a lot of sensors, using the low latency and the high reliability to be able to match those peaks in, in consumption. 
I mean, it sounds really exciting. What are the main forces that have come together to enable this opportunity? Uh, can you sort of talk us through what the main points are? Technology, for example, regulation, knowledge, what's being gathered together to make this happen? I think that there's a couple of things coming together here. Of course, it's the, the maturity of 5G now and proven technology that we can put into this kind of, of uh, demanding situations. We also see now more and more countries introducing dedicated spectrum for enterprises, which makes this more available. As you can get directly from legislators, you can get spectrum that, that kind of makes it more accessible. But we also see a maturity in the ecosystem because even if you have a great network, there needs to be devices that you can connect to the network. And that's also coming in place. Uh, consumer products have, of course, been, been the first thing we've seen in 5G, but now we also see you know, industrial devices coming in. And I think when, when these pieces come together, it really enables this. And then, of course, we have the complete Industry 4.0 movements with all the technologies there big data requiring technologies like AR, um, AI, and, and uh, predictive maintenance and so on, which are also enabler for this. So, so it's, it's kind of a perfect storm coming together now. Remake Manufacturing is brought to you by Redfern Media, the digital agency for B2B manufacturers. We partner with B2B manufacturers to listen, think, create, and innovate. To find out more, head over to remakemanufacturing.com and sign up to the podcast, plus manufacturing marketing and technology insights. Now, back to the show. And let's talk about the ecosystem uh, of people who are making this work. Um, there must be a ton of other vendors that you're working with to make it a reality. So what does that ecosystem of partners look like? Definitely. I mean, as I said, we, we are only the, the infrastructure provider. We understand that we need to be able to uh, we, we need to have an ecosystem partners that can deliver the pieces that we don't have to have this end-to-end -end solution. So we have a few different categories, or whatever we should call them, that we are working with. We work with our device partners, as we call them. They are the guys who build gateways and modules and so on that you use to retrofit on your, onto your equipment to 5D enable it. We make sure that their devices work in the, in the network, help them to optimize it for these kind of industrial networks. We also have what we call independent software vendors, the guys that are actually consuming the data that is, is being generated. Uh, here we work with our APIs, exposing them so they can easily connect to the network, extract the data that they need to do, have these pre-integrated uh, solutions so we have easy building blocks to pick from if you want to, to use a specific software that should be easy to integrate. Then we have what we call the OEM, so the equipment vendors. Of course, I mean, the big industrial players, we try to help them to build native 5G equipment, so to say. If you want to have an, a 5G uh, AGV or a 5G robot, that should be off the shelf. So, so that's also part. And then we have uh, the system integrators, of course, that needs to be trained on all of this and have access to this ecosystem because often they are the ones who take these pieces together and put it to a complete solution. And there is a common idea at the moment that businesses have to go all in with 5G, but that's not necessarily the case, right? Is it possible for people to walk before they can run? Definitely. I mean, these, these networks are built to be able to grow as, as, as you need to expand here. So, so you can start, I mean, that's also what I would recommend to start with a couple of use cases that you see would have the most value. 
and you can also start just in a part of your factory. These networks are, are very easy to expand as, as you grow. So you can add on capacity, you can add on coverage as, as you go here. So uh, I would definitely not, uh, um, I mean, if you're not building a new factory, I, I would say start, start slow and then grow from there. And has any work been done on the ROI of 5G for the enterprise? Yes, I mean that's something we 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 are also looking a lot to. We we have done uh, a couple of re re reports together with A to D Little, uh, looked into this together with with industrial players. How we how the return of investment looks like. Also, of course, from our own experience, when when implementing this in our factories, we see good examples. We have, for example, in China, we we run a five D connected drone to do. Um, inventory in the warehouses and that is done 50 times faster than when we do it manually so instead of having an, an, an army of workers scanning everything we just fly through and, and 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 scan it so that's that's a really good good use case we also see from the adl uh, report uh, looking at an a use case like um, uh, ar support which we uh, which leads to 50 percent uh, less downtime for equipment. Uh, and that has been, of course, very popular now during the corona time where we couldn't have experts flying around. Uh, I would say that that had, has had an even, even larger impact. Uh, so, Sebastian, then, once 5G is actually established, what would be the next challenge that you would be coming up against? So I would say, I mean, what we have been talking here about uh, a lot is really 5G in the local perspective, 5G in the factory, the connected factory. But I think the next step is, is really to look beyond the connected factory because 5G is also a global infrastructure. It exists outside of the factory as well. So you can look beyond the connected factory and look at the connected supply chain. You can look at this connected life cycle of a product. And that opens up a completely new box of use cases that is extremely exciting to, to look at. And I, th I would say that's, that's my next challenge to, to start to connect the local and the global connectivity and have really this network everywhere and connectivity everywhere it's a fascinating glimpse into the future i thought you were going to be cheeky and say 6g but um you gave me a great <laughs> sensible answer so thank you for that <laughs> yeah i could have said 6g but then i couldn't give you any 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 extra information there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Ericsson has also invested over 100 million in their own smart factory in the us can you tell us what was the thinking behind that decision so, so that's. I mean, we we needed with with five. You know, we needed to to ramp up our production. We also wanted to be closer to to uh, to the US, which is one of the primary markets right now, to uh, minimize the shipping that is needed to be done. Uh, but then, why we choose to go with all this this technology into it is, and of course, we also face this problem with massive explosion of variants and need to handle that in a rational way and introduction of, of all these new technologies when we build from scratch is an actual way of doing that. Um, so there is a fundamental uh, business reasoning behind that. To, uh, but then as we happen to have now this, this very modern factory, it also becomes uh, like a test bed for other new use cases where we can bring in partners and and, and customers to try out different solutions in, in a real environment. And we can also evaluate it from, from our own supply organization's perspective. And then finally, of course, it's, it's about um, uh, proving that we are drinking our own champagne, champagne uh, of course, to have the credibility to show that if, if we are not using this technology, I mean, why, why should we, I mean, other people trust us uh, in using it. 
Absolutely. And, and what lessons have you learned from uh, from this enterprise? Um, so, so we see a lot of. of um, uh, uh, I mean, one of, one of the big things I would say when we start with this is, is of course, the, the importance of data. I mean, even if we start to connect uh, the, the the equipment in the factory, we needed already from the beginning make sure that we were in control of the data, and we needed to make sure we had an agreement with all the different vendors that that we had so we can access data from the equipment, and that's not normally the the way always. I mean, uh, there is some. Uh, uh, protective uh, activities from from uh, machine vendors to to lock in the data, but that, that was something that was very important for us. So that was a big learning. Then also, of course, the, the cross functionality of this. I mean, this this really makes data flow uh, in all directions. And the company new data being available, we needed to to put together cross functional teams uh, so we could make the most out of of uh, of this. And then, as it happened to be. We really saw this the stress testing of this technology when we were ramping up this this new factory in the middle of the Corona crisis, where we couldn't travel, we couldn't bring in our experts, we couldn't have the designers on on uh, on prem, uh, and then then we really got to understand where uh, how we could use the the equipment in that kind of situation as well. In general, uh, the manufacturing industry has been quite slow to adopt new technology. Is the same thing happening with 5G or are you seeing something different this time? I mean, it, it, all, it depends on what you compare to. I mean, if you look at the, the consumer side and the adaptation of new technologies like 5G, of course, it's not that fast. But still, I would say there is a huge interest now for, for 5G. And, and I think that other technologies has been pushed to the limits. So there is a, a built up need for, for, for a new technology here. And I was just last week in the in the, uh, one of the largest events we have in this industry, the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I saw huge interest from from many industrial players there to start to adopt this technology. And that's also where we what we see when we look at the, the rollout of the networks. So I would say compared to to what we normally see from the industry, they are moving much faster now. And if we can look five years in the future to a point where five G is ubiquitous across automotive, mining, aerospace, and every other sector you can think of, what would have happened to enable that revolution? I would say it's it's the ecosystem play again. We need to get the ecosystem in place to to make this really, uh, the, the technology really uh, roll out on a big scale. Not only the network, we need to have, I mean, all the different pieces of that you need for your 5D use cases off the shelf, basically. So this is Again, it's an ecosystem play, and that's that's what needs to come in place here. And conversely, then, if things don't quite happen the way that you want, what would have been the obstacles that had stopped this from happening? I don't really see that. I'm quite confident that this this will happen. I mean, I see this this from all the different players now, the, the movement in this direction, and also there is this need for it. So it, it needs to happen in order to realize the, the promises of digitalization and, and 5G. So we'll end the show the same way we do every week by asking our guests to tell us the one invention that if it was never manufactured, your life would be unbearable. So what invention could you not live without? 
I would say that the, the washing machine. I mean, the, the <laughs> amount of time that 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 uh, is is unlocking and and making available for for other uses, it's it's enormous. So it's it's maybe not as appreciated all the time. But if you reflect on how your life would be without it, you do realize that that that's that's really uh, a key technology. And we'd also be a lot smellier without it. Great answer. Definitely. <laughs> all it leaves me to do then is to say thank you to today's guest, Sebastian Elmgren. Great chat. Thanks very much, Sebastian. Thank you very much. Subscribe to this podcast at all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Music. Thanks for listening to this edition of Remake Manufacturing. I'm your host, Stuart Black. See you next time. Hold up. 